Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you are listening to this podcast, this is the Teacher's Workroom Podcast, and we are here to discuss real-world issues such as politics, pop culture, race, religion, and social awareness guaranteed to come from diverse perspectives. And as usual, kicking us off with a check-in is Dr. Bethel. What's going on, doctor? Hi, thank you, JG. Uh, so this week's whip around question is going to be, uh, what is one thing you are proud of from this previous week and do tell why, okay? So we're gonna start this week with Sela. Uh, All right, Sela, take us away. Yes, yes, hello everyone. Um, for me, this week honestly was an emotional roller coaster, and I'm just I'm proud of myself for allowing myself to bounce back. You know, um, and Aquarius in nature, whoop whoop. We 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 don't do well with emotions. We don't know how to interact with it. We don't know how to deal with it. So um, just giving my myself space to do that. I'm I'm really proud of myself for that. Yeah. Shout out to you. Yeah. And then I just realized, not that I just, but that JG and Princess are both Aquarius and I love you all. Um, usually my relationship with um, rela- with, with Aquariuses are like strained. But, really? Uh, yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah. Let's just tell the audience that we make up uh, the air signs, all of us as a mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the we do. Libra, Gemini, Aquarius. We are. Yeah. Uh, Gemini and Aquarius, and now we're going to introduce Miss Williams. Go ahead, uh, Leisha. Greetings, everybody. So this week, um, what I'm proud of is being able to cocoon in my purposeful silence. Last week, my uh, self-care tip was to kind of step away from media and the news. Um, and I'm, I'm receiving or seeing the benefits mm. of that. Um, so being silent and being introspective um, always gives us more yeah. clarity about, you know, the direction we're heading in, what we want to do, how we contribute to, you know, a variety of things in our life. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm proud yeah. of this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know for me, I'm next, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Uh, hey, everybody. It's your boy, JG, on the one... Okay, just kidding. Um, the thing that I'm proud of this this week is showing up for one of my students who... Did everyone hear me? I'm sorry. Did I cut out or anything like that? Just yeah. a little? Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, so what I was saying is that one of the things that I'm proud of this week is showing up for my student uh, who is transgendered, right? Um, and realizing that my presence there was creating like a safe environment for that person um, without even like saying anything, right? But the moment that I walked into the room, yes, I was in the building this week. Uh, The moment that I walked into the room, I can literally see the student breathe a sigh of relief 
or a breath of relief that, oh, someone else at this school is part of this community that I'm part of. I'm going to be all right. And I can literally see the, the, the anxiety being put to rest by just me showing up in that space at that time with that student. So that's one thing that I was reflecting on this weekend um, that, you know, sometimes we're just not aware of the power and the influence and the impact that we can create in other in, or students' lives just by showing up authentically as who we are, you know? That's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's so powerful, JG. Um, and then for me, uh, one thing I'm proud of, um, I had a, a couple uh, meetings or interviews and I just reflected on um, my experiences in education. Mm-hmm. And then also how, you know, sometimes we got to just stand in our power, mm-hmm. right? And I just reflected on like my career and like where I want to go and it helped like codify and put things in perspective and give me a clearer vision of what I want to do uh, yeah. in the future. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, you know me, I'm one of my mantras, clear mind, balanced head, right? Before we take, make those decisions and before we, you know, turn that page or set, set out on a new journey, you know, clear mind, balanced head. <clears throat> so let's transition into the hot topics of this week, you know, with Miss Leisha. Last week, we know it was fully loaded, baby. <laughs> this week, I don't know. Are we still in 2020 part two? I'm Is it so funny? Let's get into it. All right. So we always want to start off with some positivity. So um, YouTube has announced their Black Lives yes. 2021. Excellent. I'm super hyped, super mm-hmm. excited. As you guys know, I'm not a huge TV watcher, but mm-hmm. I'm a huge yeah. YouTube Me watcher, too. right? So some of the people that I actually watch have been um inaugurated yeah. in the class of 2021 oh, wow. so i'm super excited for them yeah youtube has announced the first round of youtube black voices class of 2021 winners the initiative focuses on investments and in narratives that emphasize the intellectual power authenticity dignity and joy of black voices on the social media platform a little bit more about it so youtube has chosen 132 creators from the us uk kenya brazil australia South Africa and Nigeria. The members include beauty gurus, musicians, activists, personal trainers, comedians, teachers, poets, and photographers. The platform, yeah, the platform tapped applicants from those who participated in YouTube Black events in the past, and the applicants were then evaluated based on um, channel performance and engagement metrics. You know, that's the biggest Mm -hmm. way that they get recognized. So that is coming from Forbes.com. And what this means is that YouTube will offer funding for channel development, support, workshops, yeah, and trainings, and the networking program Mm -hmm. for creators. Um, We are stepping into the creative space. So we know this is exciting. Um, I know this is a huge milestone for Black creatives and influencers. Um, as we know, and we discuss often, entrepreneur or entrepreneurship amongst Gen, Gen X yeah. or Gen Z is booming, and more and more creatives in this generation are yep. retiring from their nine to five mm. and creating a bag for themselves. Um, as educators, this is the type of environment we aspire yeah. our scholars to yeah. be a part of. 
Um, so congrats mm-hmm, on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 there are a couple of folks that I want because y'all, y'all know I love some YouTube, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah let me shout out. Please, because I have my okay, list okay, of well, folks first, I want to shout out. Yeah. Okay. All right, I want to shout out Juicy, the Grapevine, Kelly Sands, Travis <laughs> Brown, and the Closet, Ari Fitz. Aisha Haroon, Tavis Ali, King of Reeds for Harriet, Asia oh, Jackson. Oh, damn. Oh, my wow. goodness. I love y'all. Girl, okay. Congrats. Yeah, listen, girl, I okay, love girl. Okay. Okay. Well, I I ain't got that many. Um, but one of I definitely love King of Reeds. Um okay. you know, I love the Armin Wiggins show. Um who else do I love on YouTube Black Voices right now? That's all that I can think about think of. King of Reeds and uh the Armin Wiggins show. Yeah, I don't. Oh wow, oh, Courtney okay. and Princess. Wow. I'm sorry, Scylla. Do you guys watch YouTube shows? I'm so ashamed that I. Uh, um, this is new what? to me. This girl. Oh, wow. No. Okay, let's I, X that out. Know. X that out. X that out. Well, well okay. child, listen. Let Princess speak for herself. Um, oh my god. I, I actually do watch a lot of YouTube channels, but I watch the comedies. Um, like the couples and, and things and, right, and right, documentaries. Right, right. Yeah, and I love me some everything. documentaries. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a YouTuber. Yeah. I actually want to uh, yeah. take this opportunity too, to, since we're talking about YouTube Black, to shout out um, the Chasing Reality, uh, I guess, network or YouTube network. They do a lot of mm-hmm. LGBTQ mm-hmm. reality mm-hmm. shows and other content for the LGBTQ oh, wow. um, community. And the content is actually really, really, really good. I'm shocked that they have not gotten on TV just yet. But shout out to uh, the Chasing Reality franchise that is doing a lot of great work on YouTube, bringing visibility to the LGBTQ community in reality and other kinds of um, TV genres. So shout out to them. What's What else is going on? Yeah, and hopefully they yeah, are, they yeah, are recognized yeah. soon. Um, alrighty, so moving on, uh, teachers may be leaving the profession due to new challenges brought by COVID-19. So we've been seeing this trending, I mean, if you're an educator, right, and this is like your niche, you've been seeing this trending in the news um, for quite a while at this point, over a year, I would say. Um, so growing evidence indicates an increase in teachers' decision to retire early as a result of COVID-19-related challenges, such as unsafe working environments, lack of support, stresses associated with remote instruction, burnout, and other professional and personal factors. Also, some teachers have, you know, who are much older and more vulnerable to COVID-19 are likely to be the first right. to instate their early retirement. Wow. Um, this It's like contrast news, because, you know, with COVID, there is an increasing number yeah. of teachers needed, but budget cuts caused by the economic recession yeah. will make it harder to meet that need. Um, and this information is coming from a more scholarly source, the, the, sorry, the Economic mm-hmm. Policy Institute. Um, yeah what are our thoughts there i'm kind of wondering i don't know this has been on my mind with the whole vaccine like whether or not it becomes mandatory for teachers and then what would that mean for us as a community um and and so you think that that's also a consideration in the 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on whether or not this number continues to decline. Right. Mm. I think I think that this is expected to be quite honest with you, um, because the pandemic and all the disadvantages that it came with um, and losses compounded further the challenges that educators face right um individually but also as a collective and so i think that part of it is the burnout and the well Mm -hmm. you know can we really survive through 2021 in the way that we're going right now right when there seems like no real shifts or changes or investment in a shift or change is going to take place. I think that's part of it. But I also think that another part of it is like that there, as by virtue of the pandemic, that there's some educators that are just in a place where they want to explore something Mm. different, right? That they, that the pandemic, I think that one thing that the pandemic has done is opened up our minds and our eyes and our ears to other, other ways of making money you know other yeah. ways of doing things uh determining what really matters uh really looking at our purpose in life and and so maybe for a number mm. of these teachers that their purpose has shifted or has yeah. evolved to something different where they don't see their purpose being in the classroom any longer and uh you know that's just a reality yeah. of a lot of this, a lot of, for a lot of people, that their purpose is no longer in the classroom. Yeah, I, I, sorry to add one more thing, but I think this year gave people the opportunity to figure out purpose in a way that yeah. they haven't in the past. And I just want to add one thing about media because we all know that teachers are undervalued, but I think even more this right. year, it the rhetoric was egregious. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've yeah. even heard some politicians say, "Well, these teachers are lazy. Yeah. Get back yeah. in the building. Stop sitting at, stop like, sitting at home. Yes, and making right. money. They sitting at home, but they want more right. money. Yeah, I heard that too. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. uh, Doctor yeah. Bethel, I think that you were going to say something about it. Yeah, uh, listening to you all speak, I just think it's devastating. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, for me, you know, I have um, just reflected in. It has made me want to really remain in the profession, mm-hmm. if you will, because I saw the stark difference in like access and resources, mm-hmm. especially for you know low-income minority students. But then also, uh, it taught me that I can, you know, do both. I can teach, I can work in education, and in my mm-hmm. spare time, I can fulfill my mm-hmm. you know personal mm-hmm. passions mm-hmm. of like writing, you know, research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in different avenues yeah. like you all stated. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Leisha, what else is going on? All righty. So, third thing oh, on the Jesus list. Donald Trump was impeached twice oh, this God. week um, <laughs> for inciting a violent insurrection against the U.S. government. The vote, again, very close, which again, just further, like, paints the picture of the reality of the America that we live in. Right, so there were 232 votes for yes, he should be impeached, and there were 197 for no, with 10 Republicans joining the Democrats to impeach. So this is the most ever from which a president's own party has agreed to his impeachment. 
Um, so, I mean, I guess it's, it's a win, I guess, if you are brought into this, you know, party system. Um, just over a year ago, Republicans voted unanimously against impeaching Donald Trump. So that's a huge difference right. from 10 Republicans, again, from his own party, agreeing to impeach him. Um, and this yeah. is coming from yeah. the New York Times. I just think it's, I, th- I think that it is insulting. I think it is insulting to the average person, right? Not the average person with common sense. And I, and I hate to put it in such layman terms, but to me, like, this is like one of those uh, situations where the solution or the answer or the steps that need to be taken are, pr- are very apparent, right? Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 for sure. They're very obvious. obvious here. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it, it's just further confirms how it's just like, it just further confirms how, like the 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 dissonance that exists it's yeah. it's, it's like mm-hmm. are we are we living in the same are we all living in the same place seeing the same things uh, no, understanding them for what they are and to, <clears throat> to some degree align on and agree on what needs to happen moving forward and the, the interest to me the crazy thing about it is from one side of your mouth saying that yes he was wrong yes he 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 mm-hmm. uh contributed to this but on the other side saying we shouldn't consequence him it's it, it's mm-hmm. like for real though mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean we would think so because um from the outside looking into the gop it's like y'all that makes sense but for them being in in, in, in power, mm-hmm. right? If you will, if you want to continue to control power, it's like, yeah, he was wrong, but you know, yeah. he's still a white, he's still a white, rich male in America. Yeah, yeah. I think this situation reminds me a lot of something we always talk about, and that's being reactive versus being proactive. And I think this all boils down to a reactive situation. Yeah. We've seen this for the last four years, like. We waited multiple times until like major things happened and we're like, okay, impeachment. Okay, now multiple people are dead. Okay, impeachment. But I think um, just to speak on the numbers, the uh, what you were saying, Jamal, the individuals who are opposing, it's because of the benefits that come post-presidency. Mm-hmm. And Re- Republicans don't want to lose those traveling privileges, right. those speaker privileges, because they need to gear up for the next right. election. Um, and, and so that that's where the, the dissidence, if you will, that's where that's coming from. <sighs> In addition, NYC cut ties with Donald Trump, Mayor de Blasio incited, um, which simply means that the city will terminate its contract with Donald Trump and his company. We've already seen his name vanish from several places. For example, mm-hmm. the skating rink yeah. in Central Park, a condo on the Upper West Side. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And so, so that's, that's the crazy thing, right? Is that the majority, well, I don't want to say the majority, but there are clearly people and entities mm-hmm. who are breaking mm-hmm. ties with 
Donald Trump as a result of one the last four years, but in particular the thing that broke the the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Which was his encouragement and inciting of the insurrection on the Capitol. So it's like if these people, companies are standing on the right side of this issue, you who are the politician voted in by the people put there to help manage the affairs on behalf of the people who is supposed to really carry the moral code the ethics of governance in your hand or by virtue of taking that oath and you can't do the same thing that these other people and companies are doing it's it's crazy but you know as someone said it's a matter of um uh it's a matter of it's a fight to hold on to the power and it's like almost like a desperation a desperate grasp at the straws of power and privilege right it's almost we and we brought this up last last episode this idea of fear right and being and acting or reacting on the fear but the fear that they have is the fear of quote unquote losing yep losing power losing the power and the privilege right that yep. comes with their identity so it's like if it is that i don't have the power and privilege that comes along with being who i am physically Mm-hmm. then who am i yeah. right what 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 Which we'll talk what about can i do like what quote unquote influence do i mm-hmm. have you know i think yeah. it, you know and this is a perfect segue into mm-hmm. the heart of our episode today which which brings into conversation this idea of diversity equity and inclusion and and what it does if it does anything period Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, speaking of which, uh, we spoke a lot about different avenues, right? So JG spoke about like the LGBTQ community gaining uh, traction in like different spaces and you know making aware. So in a, in our workspaces, um, we hear a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And in my previous experience, I have seen that um, managers, bosses, and even staff have different variations experiences experiences sorry and understanding <laughs> and understanding of what diversity equity and inclusion is right right so you know according to UC Berkeley um diversity has been defined to include you know initially just religion and race so now you know in 2021 uh it has been expanded Oops. and broadened to Uh, race, you know, sex, socioeconomic status, you know, background, and even, um, you know, learning, you mm-hmm. know, abilities and disabilities, yeah. you know, what have you, right? All the so identity markers. Every identity marker, you know, known to human at this point, mm-hmm. it is included in that. And then when we, we, we speak about equity, meaning the fairness of uh, the comp- a company's policy, you know, the rules they, they uh, apply to every citizen or every staff in that community or organization. And then lastly, inclusion, right? The access 
of each member within that community, organization, or society to all of the resources, right? So with our experiences as Black teachers in diversity, you know, equity, and inclusion, we have had, for me, um, there, there have been times where it has been traumatizing, right? Uh, it has been triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. further led me to then, you know, step into a role to lead right. DEI for my staff, right? Right. When I was on leadership team. Um, so, you know, just for this time, I want you all to recount your experiences with DEI personally. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, speak about your experiences, speak about your expectations initially and how they probably have changed over time what you expected from your managers, you know, and how to support you, you know, with DEI uh, issues, if you will. Who wants to jump in? Yeah, I don't mind. I'll jump in because um, I think, Courtney, uh, Dr. Patel, you said it, right, it's triggering. Triggering is the is the key word. I um, personally, I have not had a good DNI, DEI, sorry, uh, change of terms, experience. I think for me, one of the major things has been teaching white people how to treat us. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and it's become an hour or more conversation about, here's the aggressions that you've done to me this year. Here's how I would prefer to be treated opposed to I am a human being. And we all, I think I know all of you well enough to say we all will sit here and say it is not our responsibility to tell white people when they are racist. It is their responsibility to know. And especially if you're teaching black kids, how do you not know? How do you be, how do you allow yourself to sit in a setting where you are unaware of those biases. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I yeah, I, I think I've always been the troublemaker in the sense of my silence. I don't want to participate. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's been my experience. Yeah. Um, for me, I I actually, and I think I might be the outlier here among the four of us, but I actually love DEI, um, DEI work. Um, whether whether it goes really well or really bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is it is it is work that is necessary. It is necessary work, and I For actually sure. I actually compare the work that DEI requires. Um, I compare that to the work that Ian Lavanzant does to some degree, right? Um, oh, I love that. <laughs> Shout, Shout out. out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I've had the, the privilege um, of leading DEI mm-hmm. in the past, but primarily at the institution that I'm at right now. That literally is in my roles and responsibilities. And how it has changed for me is before I would participate from the lens of, well, let me let me teach you or let me tell you or let me show you or let me provide you with an example of how what you do affects me and people that identify in the way that I identify with the hopes that you're going to I guess learn from it and not do it again now my approach is very different and I see my role and responsibility as creating the environment and providing you with the tools and the resources to do your 
own work. Yeah. So I put the heavy lifting back on the people um, because, you know, I always say that the work has to be done on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to necessarily tell you what is the right thing versus the wrong thing to do, but I want to create an environment and provide you with the tools so that you can increase your own self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And you can and I all I'm doing is holding up the mirror baby. Mm-hmm. For you to look in that mirror, use the tools and the resources that I have provided to dig into and to grow your own self-awareness so that you can self-actualize on your own. Mm. And in the meantime, the support that I'm lending to you is I'm I'm going to just provide you with the direct feedback around what you're saying, what you're doing mm. and what I believe are indicators of your mindset. And I'm going to push that mindset and I'm going to push those habits by just asking you questions, by just creating different scenarios so that you can do the work on your own to self-actualize. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it has shifted for me. I enjoy it. It becomes frustrating at, at some times, but mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that we're all on different journeys and we're all in different yeah. places mm-hmm. and I can't walk into DEI situations expecting that everyone is yeah. going to walk out on the same level same or at the same right on the same page I gotta right. let that go and yeah. realize yeah. that everyone is just at different places and yeah. who wants to do the work is gonna do the work yeah. and who don't want to do the work they're not going to do the work and it's going to show mm-hmm. and I have to keep holding up the mirror to them so that they can yeah. see it for themselves I ain't no, I ain't telling you nothing no more I ain't teaching nothing no more I ain't doing all of that yeah yeah so for me um, I would say I also have had a shift so going from working in a white space where a majority of educators who were respected um, were white uh, but the population of the school, meaning the kids who were being educated, were black. Um, and now being at a black or a predominantly black space where most of the administration and educators are black, there's maybe only, I think, two white teachers on our team in the whole school. Oh, wow. Um, so there has been a major shift. And I, yeah, so I will say that I did have this mindset when I worked in the white space that mm. DNI was not for me or it is not my job for me to educate you all on what the plight of the mm. black being black in America is, right? You chose this mm. work, so what are you bringing to the table? What understanding are you bringing to the table that allows you to be part of our community, right? Or to be on this co- a journey with us um, to not be, you know, um, however we see ourselves in America, right? They say they're undoing this, undoing that, but it's like, okay, show me. And that's kind of what my um, disposition was at DNI. Like, I understand what it means to be black in America. This is for you to now kind of appease us as black educators so that there is a level of trust. You guys know the way I showed up at the the white space was very um, poker face. Uh, My boundaries were clear with white educators. I we work together and that's right. pretty much the extent of our relationship. Very clear. <laughs> um, <laughs> very clear, right? There was never no, like I think a white educator at that place would never be like, oh, Amelia, you are 
XYZ. It was just like, no, we work together. This is what she teaches and I teach this and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I do want to recognize what uh, JG is saying in that everybody is on their own journey, right? Even though, so our diaspora is large, even though, you know, I may identify physically with a lot of the students that I'm teaching, does it mean that I mm. immediately empathize or yeah. understand the journey that they're on, right? A lot of our scholars come from living situations right. that I don't have the experience of coming from. So even that's something that I need to learn about or need to educate or do the self-work to understand, hey, Leisha, this is a situation where it can't be no nonsense because this scholar didn't, whatever, eat dinner last night, or this scholar's yeah. thinking about where they're about to go to sleep tonight. And for me, it would just be like, doesn't matter. You're in class, yeah. you have a black educator, yeah. there is no excuse. There's no yeah. excuse, you should be learning. I look yeah. like you, yeah. representation matters. You give, you know, whoever else those lame excuses. And we've already noted on the show before that, I mean, for me, I feel like a lot of the white educators in this work were kind of coming from a savior complex, um, whereas the scholars would have real life situations going on and white educators would kind of fall to or kind of just pivot in a negative way, Sympath which I think we see as pivot in a negative way, like bend the rules for them. Yeah, it, unintentional in Right, yeah. right, lower the bar. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Whereas I guess stepping into that type of space where that has been the narrative for so long, we were teaching high schoolers. So for our high schoolers who have been in that system for eight years or however many years prior to us getting there, they had, I mean, a lot of their experiences, they have never had a black educator, right? So I think that's why I was so like, poker face doesn't matter. I don't care what's going on. Use those excuses with them. Do not use them with me. You have no excuse at this point. Um, and then I would just say to shift into working in a black space where majority of my school from administration down, principal down, it's majority black. And, you know, the staff kind of resembles the entire student body. DNI at this school, um, you know, it's only required by the white people. Oh, wow. The black people don't necessarily have to take part in it. But we are empowered oh, to wow. lead and become a part of the team um, or the leadership. Um, so again, I've declined um, the the ask to say to to like be a part of the DEIA leadership because it's like it's not my job. Um, I'm not here to educate white people again with a similar mindset, right? Like I can do my own self work, but the white people who have chosen to be a part of this community, right. they've got to do figure out why. Like why have yeah. you chosen to be a part yeah. of the community? Do the yeah. work. I think for me, um, I felt like I was kind of forced to um, lead DEI at my um, couple schools ago because, like you said, uh, Leisha, we we in that space we kind of take the back seat, right? And and then think like, well, we don't really need to do this work. I'm black, like <laughs> that's obvious. Look right. at me, like I understand DEI, but for me, when I trans when I went to this school, um, most of L I was on the leadership team, and there was another black person. And, but majority was white. Most of the school staff was white. And there was a pocket of uh, people of color who had been there for a while. And then there was like a new, you know, influx. And this school has struggled with retaining its black and brown teachers. Mm -hmm. So the black and brown teachers who were on staff, the newer and the ones who were returning, would come to me in silos and on the side to talk about issues like, was this a microaggression? And, and, and I was like, you know what? Um, I'm putting out a lot of fires on the side mm -hmm. 
So I need to like use my my voice and I need to use my position right. on a leadership team to shed light. So when I stepped to the forefront and started to, you know, lead DEI with my co-worker who happens to be a white female. Mm-hmm. Um, and the white female was leading DEI all by herself, right? Which is, which was fine at the time. Yeah, it, y'all No, it ain't. I mean, the thing is, let me tell you why. Yeah and no, but let me tell you why. Because <laughs> no other person of color had stepped up to the plate. Okay. No other person of color had been required. So this person, the 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 white coworker, um, she was very well aware of her privilege, right. of her power. She wasn't on leadership team, uh, but she was aware of how her privilege and power played out in the school, in society, and what have you, right? right? So, like I said, I, I partnered with her to bring those issues to the forefront. And we were uh, able to uncover a lot of trauma that the people of color on staff had endured for years, right. y'all. And with that being said, you know, we would have to meet my co-planner and I, we would have to meet with our principal who happened to be white, right? And sometimes we would get into it and he would try to control how the the, well the D&I sessions would go he would say like what are you all going to say and and, and say this and do this and I had to say no you don't you don't reserve the right to tell us what's going to happen in DEI and that in other words he was trying to protect white yes yes yes, and their feelings and I explained the purpose is if you're uncomfortable you have to sit with that uncomfortability Mm -hmm. right right you you are on a con- white people are on a continuum of racism as much as black and brown people are on a continuum of oppression, oppression right. right? Because we who are the subjugated, who are of the subjugated race, you know, there's a lot of trauma, and you have to pick and choose when and where do I speak up. Right. You know, uh, how do I support? I need support, but then I also must support my colleagues, right. must support my students. Uh, so I have to be like um, aware and I have to be strong. Right. You know, but I think more so, like you, like we we all are saying, is basically. Do we need another diversity, equity, and inclusion like PD in the session? Like, do we need it? And then, what's our role, mm-hmm. right, in those sessions mm-hmm. moving forward? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it. <clears throat> I think it's absolutely needed, right? And I think that for a long time, DEI work has been focused primarily on race. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, um, is at the top of the list of categories of oppression, right? And to harken back to what Dr. Bethel said in the last episode, in that America has had to, you know, the thing that America has has thrived on, um, mm-hmm. and as a result, therefore had therefore had to. Uh, sideline its real issues that mm-hmm. it's facing the thing that it that it, it, it had to, to, to has been riding on all these years is race so of mm-hmm. course by default when you step into a dei situation the first thing that you're thinking about is race right i have approached it a little differently mm-hmm. more recently um mm-hmm. and i've a- approached it from 
the perspective of developing empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to what Leisha was saying, right? That where she's at right now, because there's predominantly black and a staff of color, then, you know, it kind of lands differently. We're all mm-hmm. pretty much identifying in similar ways. Mm-hmm. However, we're still different because we are diverse. So how do we have this DEI conversation in a way that everyone can realize that they have a role in mm-hmm. this diversity, mm-hmm. equity, and inclusion being successful? Especially, mm-hmm. And the, the operative part of DEI is the inclusion piece. Yeah. And so it's easy for a person of color to say, well, shit, you know, this ain't for me because I'm yeah. black and yeah. I'm oppressed yeah. anyway. Yeah. But yeah. then when we yeah. really look at the diversity that exists, you mm-hmm. might be black, but you might be black and heterosexual while the person sitting next to you is black and homosexual. Right. right. While the person you might be uh, people of color, but I'm black and you are lat- Latino or Latina. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's being able to help people see that there is still diversity and difference that exists among all of us. Exactly. And we all have unconscious biases, mm-hmm. even as a mm-hmm. black person. I have mm-hmm. my unconscious biases even against my own race. Yeah. So yeah. It's, okay, let me yeah. dial back the passion. But yeah. it's important, though, okay. through the work. So for me, the work is l- now less about just mm-hmm. the race and more about real the self-awareness, realizing that you, too, got issues. You, too, yeah. got unconscious biases that you need to work on. So when you're yeah. walking down the street and you see two males holding hands, that mm-hmm. your mindset doesn't automatically go to that fixed belief that you have about mm-hmm. homosexuality, right? Mm-hmm. But that you're able to say, you know what, um, JG, uh, those people face the same kind of oppression that you face by virtue of your race. So yeah. you gotta dig deeper and realize that by you having certain kind of biases against them, you are contributing mm-hmm. to the inequity in the DEI. Oh, yeah. You are yeah. contributing to the lack of inclusion in the DEI, mm-hmm. right? That you're not mm-hmm. really fulfilling the diversity, equity, and inclusion. You're sticking to the D in all of that, which is the diversity and recognizing that we're exactly. all different, but you're not mm-hmm. doing the work to create yeah. the equity and to, mm-hmm. to, to contribute to a more inclusive environment for these people that are different from you. For all, from all people, yeah. right? I, and I think it, it, it is, to chime in really quickly, is by all means, when we think about DNI, we're, we're not saying it's white people's fault, right? right? What's going on in our building, in, in our like personal life. So I think that, like you said, the, the more dominant race. So let me, let me bring it home. So when you think about DEI, sometimes white people are like, oh, this this is going to be a blame session, mm. right? You're gonna, we're gonna sit through this, and you all are gonna blame us right. for past, present, future, for slavery, right? honey. Okay, right? No, that's that's not what this time is for, right? But then, like you said, JG, around when we sit through the DEI sessions as well, where the more dominant group is heterosexual, right? the the person who identifies as homosexual is not saying we are blaming you on right. it's your fault that xyz is happening in different sectors no right. right so i think it is like you said it is the work 
And it's almost like religion, if you will, certain religions where people pick and choose, mm-hmm. we'll follow this, and but we won't follow this, or we'll we'll accept this and we won't, won't accept, accept that. that. Right. Won't accept that, right? So I think like you said, it has been uh thrown in all together. You know, all of the the, the issues have been thrown and, and not bucketed out together. They've been conflated. And we have not been able to identify each, like call each one by name, mm-hmm. right? And like you said, so then we haven't had to do the work and take on the responsibility right. as as individuals. Yeah, I agree um, with what both of you are saying. Um, I think, so the question is, is there still a need for DEI conversation sessions or trainings at our school? Um, and I think there always will be, right? Because as we see, mm-hmm. we're a part of a progressive world, right? Um, so I think the purpose of these conversations is for each party to recognize their privilege. Um, everybody's coming to the table with a variety of privilege or a host of privilege, and it's just a hierarchy. There's race that could be the largest elephant in the room right. but then as you guys said there's sexuality religion there's so many other things even across the diaspora um africans coming from africa you understand what i'm saying versus african-american mm-hmm. caribbean american there's always going to be a hierarchy and everybody will recognize yes. should recognize their privilege i think that's, that's the overarching yeah. purpose um i also <laughs> want oh sure. my god <laughs> yeah i i I just, I Come just want to add a me, thought guys. here because, yeah. you know, J- uh, JJ, you said you were the outlier, but after this conversation, I realized I'm the outlier. And a huge part of why is not so much not recognizing the work, but the delivery and execution of DEIs um, in the past mm-hmm. and how important that is because if you're walking in with the mindset that, okay, those who are going to facilitate are doing so with xyz what you guys all mentioned it's very different than having that experience of awakened trauma because that's what i've experienced Mm -hmm. like let me put you in a space with um other people of your same identity group and let's bring up all the trauma of the year and then and then now let's go present it to those who have who have um, who have bestowed mm-hmm. that trauma on you, and then now let's go home and go to happy hour, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like yeah. that. And and JG, you brought up Ms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Von Zant, and I'm so sorry if I say her name wrong. I love her, but I I think a lot of what she does ties into this. You cannot open a wound and then send that wound into the cold, right? Mm. Right. And I feel like that has mm-hmm. been my experience. So I think this particular episode speaks volumes to individuals who want to execute um, these sessions in the future or who has done so to say well this is what has happened and this is how you need to go about it because I definitely agree we you know being able to walk in there and say well these are my own hidden biases is a very different um outcome than saying okay let me go and revisit the traumas now of the year mm-hmm. you know yeah 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 i think the the people who have like you say in the past who have led the dei sessions have have been ill-equipped mm-hmm. right and okay. then also you know it can mm-hmm. it cannot be 
Right. Oh yes. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Because expecting. You're expecting, you're mm-hmm. asking for something that yeah. you're not needed mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. showing, right? Being a role yes. model for vulnerability is like yes. the over-D-E-I-A, mm-hmm. anything. That's the, yeah. like, yes. you have to be prepared to be yeah. vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But there has to be trust um, established. Oh, yeah. there ha- it's so many levels that just yeah. haven't been, like, a pre- like prerequisites, right? Before you're even getting to a space where you are mm-hmm. asking right. people who work together, right? Mm-hmm. These are not your friends or people that you know intimately. These are people that you work with. We get that. Being an educator is passionate and like you know there it's, it's different from other work industries right there's a lot of passion and feelings into it but i mean vulnerability that's mm-hmm. if that's not present mm-hmm. in the person think, that's facilitating not to cut you off Are i you, think because yeah. um yeah because in the past it has been intellectualized sometimes ah, yes. right yes but oh well, my god we've gotten so, reading because, <laughs> right but we would say too, oh. like, um, you, you want me to read literature about me, there but you that's go. supposed right. to be part of the right, conversation. Right. You're supposed to so I think that, me. like, you, you just stated, <laughs> we're, we're, we have some literature that we've even read, you know, for this week, but also, don't the literature should not drive or take away the experiences of the people in the room, right? Because it has been, you know, like uh, we have yeah. said in the mm-hmm. DI sessions where we receive all of these packets to read, and then people have told us, like, oh, this is your experience right. with, with like being oppressed, or this is your experience with racism, and it's like, well, actually, not thank you, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, excuse like, me, I'm not reading this, like, and that's why. I, I didn't you know, read it. I read it because that's who I am. But I'm like, all right, this is a reading, right? And which is fine. It's the literature. But let me tell you about my own experiences, right? So something that you all stated that um, from Malcolm X, um, and he mentioned it in uh, in an interview. Um, so he said the problem is that the black problem in America is beyond America's ability to solve, mm-hmm. right? He said it needs to be handled by the United Nations because mm-hmm. this is not this is not a violation of civil rights. But of human but rights. this is a right. So, in my thought, mm-hmm. I said that the, the people who are responsible for creating the problem they are incapable of also solving, solving the problem. The problem. Right, right, right. Exactly. So you can't solve a problem that you created. Exactly. Yeah, Sayla. Which is the problem with white teachers teaching black kids history. I'm confused. But, yeah, so, sorry, I, I know you see me. Go ahead, Sula. But uh, also, Dr. Bethel, what you said is so important. You said those who created the problem can't fix it but Mm -hmm. even more than that when fixing the problem is a hindrance on your own um livelihood yeah your your power and your privilege right exactly exactly yeah why you don't want to absolve your privilege why would i be so eager to Mm -hmm. to put an end to Mm -hmm. a system that has allowed me to Mm. pivot in this society and my forefathers to pivot in this society. I'm sorry, I'm getting passionate here. And my grandchildren 
to pivot in this society, why would I straightforwardly right. want to interrupt right. that? Right? right? Yeah, which is why right. the trust was exactly. always like, why yeah. are you exactly. here? Exactly. I'm sorry. Exactly. Why? I'm not buying it that you're just so passionate about undoing exactly. everything that your ancestors are, have done. Are you willing I'm not to buying. give up I'm not. the privileges of your son? Right. Is the your question. Power. Are yes. you willing to give yes. up the privileges of your son so that my sons can survive? Right. Thank you. And what we've seen is white leaders and white educators in this space actually carry their mm-hmm. power as armor so it's 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 just i it's, it just doesn't make sense like it's i mean that's what we're talking about right like the trust hasn't been established if this is the way you're proud to be named mm-hmm. whatever for whatever right in this space where you should be giving that power and privilege and allowing a person that looks like the children that right. you're teaching to have that platform right but instead you want to stand upon that platform mm-hmm. and take all the credit for it it's mm-hmm. it, it and regulate well it yeah mm-hmm. and regulate mm-hmm. it i mean damn say like you you just said a mouthful <laughs> when you said <laughs> so lot that <laughs> so lot where you said um why would I I have benefited from but that's the work of DEI right I have benefited from this system for so long why would I then work to Mm -hmm. undo it right Mm -hmm. um which which brings us to you know the last question uh something posed by you know Baldwin in his essay a text to teachers right um you know Baldwin talks about the responsibility of the black educator and this is many many years ago which is still relevant 1963 day yeah which is relevant to the end we're talking about the same issues right so you know what is our, our responsibilities as black educators is to, and we mentioned this in the first episode is to we have to be willing to risk you know um and risk it all right we, mm-hmm. we go for yeah broke, we, got, we gotta be willing to go for <laughs> broke and like uh jg so passionately and invigorating and and with conviction stated you know, you have to be willing to be ostracized. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to be almost outcasted, you know, if you will, uh, if you stand up for your rights. And and, and that plays into where you have to be willing to bring your white or whoever uh, colleagues into, into a room and say, hey, when you did mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, that was a microaggression, but this is what you did, and here's the impact, right. you know, it had on me. So you, you, you have to have that courage to speak up, mm-hmm. you know, whole group, whole group, mm-hmm. and and have those private conversations to hold people yeah. accountable. So I pose the question to you: Is like, you know, who should be held accountable? Who's responsible? What's our role? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know? as they, I would, uh, I would, I continue to see my role as there to help you do the work um and i think that one of the things that is a common thread in all of our experiences with dei is that it has either gone really well or really badly based on how it was approached and facilitated Mm -hmm. um and so for me being in a position where i have to lead this work at the school that i'm at 
um, which by the way, the staff is predominantly a staff of color between black and Latin, Latinx um, people and our Caucasian uh, cousins are in the minority, right? Um, And so which puts a very interesting spin on the work that I have to do because I'm not only helping them to understand race versus ethnicity, but I'm also uh, helping them to understand um, language uh, or yeah, the, the, the biases around language, around uh, color, um, around hetero- heterosexual versus homosexual. So it's like our DEI work runs the gamut. And so my, I see my role as, again, and, and sorry if this sounds repetitious, but as I am here to literally provide you with the tools and the terms and the understanding and all of the all of the 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 principles and the values within this work so that you then can intake that internalize that and look at your own self in all of these areas race ethnicity sexual orientation gender so that you cuz cuz we even have we have toxic masculinity in our staff also so for my male staff members, yeah. I want to provide you with the tools that you can apply to dig into your own self-awareness and biases around gender in the same way that you do around waste, not waste, but race, when you are in the disadvantaged category. And so the one thing that I really drive home to them is at the end of the day, we are all we all have a role to play in this whole DEI work. And we all have one foot in the realm of of things that uh, we're doing that's wrong and needs to be changed. And we have a one foot in the things that we're doing really well and we need to continue to doing, right? But it all comes down to challenging your thinking, challenging the status quo, challenging your fixed mindset around things, challenging and shifting your own habits so that you get closer and closer to this ideal that is DEI. And it's going to take everyone a different amount of time to get there. But the work cannot stop. You got to continue doing the work. And to, to the last thing I'm going to say is that at the heart of the work, is what mm-hmm. Leisha just raised, the empathy. Mm-hmm. Being able to develop empathy and to flex that muscle as much as possible mm-hmm. in every situation mm-hmm. that you're in. You're always seeking to understand how what you're saying and what you're doing is mm-hmm. going to impact, mm-hmm. whether it be negative or mm-hmm. positive, the per- your audience, the person that's across the table from you, especially if it is that they're different from who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that our role, yes, we all have a role, as I said prior, right? We, as we are oftentimes a part of the subjugated group when it comes to race, um, like Jamal said, if we're in a setting similar to like where I am and where Jamal is, where the majority is the POC or people of color um, environment, um, race now becomes not the most Mm-hmm. prioritized mm-hmm. thing to talk about when we're talking mm-hmm. about differences and biases um like we said there's a hierarchy right like i think the newest one for me or for where i am is pronoun yeah. that's a learning that 
Yeah. You know, we're in a progressive environment and now there's a new thing and we have to actively um, be able or seek to understand yeah. and empathize mm-hmm. with the person sitting next to us. Um, I was going to say, and then I caught myself because I am a reader and a researcher, but then I can't call out white folks for, for basing their knowledge on uh, people of color's experience mm-hmm. through literature. If I'm then right. going to say, oh, I read James Baldwin and I read Audre Lorde and I know about the plight of being homosexual and being gay and being lesbian in America, like having the double, um, what do you call it? The like double, double like, No, no, not a double standards. Like, not a double The, inter- um, the intersectionality. It's like you're being oppressed oh, twice, right? Like, your, um, intersectionality, right. yes, of oppression, mm-hmm. right. Um, I can't right. use that as a basis. Sure, right? You can read to gather more people's experience, maybe at a different, um, time frame in America but the work truly and really right. is in having conversations yeah. um, where the biases are removed and I'm literally listening to gain understanding of what your experience mm-hmm. is when you're in a situation where the majority yeah, of true. your team is heterosexual yeah. now you are not um, you know what I'm saying there's a, there's a, another layer of mm-hmm. oppression there um, and yeah. I think that's, that's part of the work right like educating yourself yeah. Um, and just recognizing your privilege, even in those small instances that are mm. not always the prioritized mm. privileges. Yeah, um, I want to. I want to yeah. piggyback there. I think one of the most important things I heard just now from Liesha is the conversation. I think that shift has to happen, and when it does happen, I think the role is to listen and to be a listener. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I think. I, what you said before, Dr. Bethel, is, you know, we let's continue to have the literature. Literature is very important, and in Liesha, you just back that up. But more importantly, let's learn from the lived experiences of each other as listeners. So when we do enter DEI, we're not looking for the agenda and the script but we're we're looking for the human conversation yes. to to drive us in this yeah. work the human conversation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think mm-hmm. it's important uh the, the literature educates us it gives it gives us the mm-hmm. language right? yeah the language you know it gives us the language right but then like you you all say it's the experiences mm-hmm. right so i think that if, if you think about it, it's a basic human right to not expect everybody to live the same life, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's closed mind. Right. That's closed mm-hmm. minded. That's mm-hmm. a fixed mindset. Yeah. Uh, this part, things things work like this because this is how right. my life mm-hmm. is. Or you mm-hmm. should you should do it this way because this is how it works. And and we have to understand as a people that life in 2021 <laughs> looks so different. Okay. Looks so different than 2018 yeah. or even 2019. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so the world has evolved. Absolutely. You know, the level of progression. So, much. Yeah. so I think that, you know, in mm-hmm. in conclusion, um, you know, I think the our role is to make people aware. And and, and I would definitely see like like you said, like calling yeah. people out, right? When, like you said, JG, in your workspace, workspace with the tools, right? You have been given the tools. You've been given the language. You've been given the literature. It is your responsibility Absolutely. as an individual, Absolutely. right? Here are the parameters yeah. in this organization. Yeah. We, we we don't yeah. respect yeah. each other. You know, we don't yeah. do this. We don't. This mm-hmm. is a safe right. space 
regardless of your background, regardless of your sexual preference, your religion, whatever, this mm-hmm. is a safe space. And this is how we operate, right? Um, and we operate within yeah. those parameters in, in, in this workspace. So just in a final thought, like a quick whip around, and then we'll segue into the homework. Uh, any lasting thoughts? Let's start with you, um, Leisha. Lasting thoughts, empathize, especially now. Um, there's so much going on in the world. Release judgment. Um, yeah, just empathize. You don't know anyone's story better than them. They know their own story. Um, don't write the narrative yes. for them. That's a lot when we teach kids in literature is that we want to read from authors of color because for so long, white people have written our narrative yeah. for us. Um, so similarly, you know, extend that into your everyday livelihood and yeah. your your environment. Yeah, yeah. So like- yeah I, I agree with that. Um, my final thoughts is what I said before, like engage in the conversation and you know i've learned so much it's crazy this hour talking to you guys i've learned so much more than i probably have learned ever in a dni session um and that and that speaks wow. volumes and so so yeah so again in, in, engage in the conversation outside of di like just on a regular basis mm-hmm. um so you can identify what your biases are and how you can engage in this work yeah yeah, yeah. for me it's um raise your do the work that's like Mm -hmm. that's my thing do the work raise your self-awareness push and grow your mindsets shift your habits those three things and i'm gonna say them one one more time do the work Mm -hmm. raise your self-awareness push and grow your mindset around everything and shift Mm -hmm. your habits accordingly yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 My final thought segue into our homework for this week is do a self reflection this week, right? Uh, because if you think about it, even though, like you said, we're black educators, we, we still operate in some area of um, privilege, right? So even if we work in a space where the black teachers are the majority, there is, there is even privilege yeah. in that right mm-hmm. so like reflect on you know get a accountability buddy and just reflect you know this week um with with mm-hmm. your teacher mm-hmm. friends you know um influence people to join and listen of course to the hello. <laughs> oh, hello <laughs> what a money resides <laughs> um what a money resides oh, you know just have just, yeah do a deep reflection of yourself and like how am I showing up in my right. workspace you know and yeah okay. alright so usually uh, in real life after we've we've had a oh, uh, day long DEI session, because you know them sh- them shits used to be a whole day. Uh, <laughs> and draining. And, and draining. draining. Yes, they did. We and would draining. have to whew, go get a drink or go do something to yeah. kind of decompress <laughs> from this all. But given that we're on a podcast mm-hmm. right now, you know, and we're all social distancing and all of that great stuff. Um, Sola, what can we and or audiences do um, to just fill a cup in the next coming week? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and just to add on to that, right? Like 
the work is a lot of work and a huge component is the giving we are giving people naturally as teachers right so what are you taking in what are you receiving for yourself um so, so let's do a whip around what what are you all doing to make sure that you are receiving as much as you are giving? Uh, Dr. Bell. Dr. Bell, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Payback. Dr. No, Bell in the house. Just kidding. Go ahead, Dr. Uh, Bell. How, me, how are you week, giving to yourself this week? I need to fast and I need to uh, pray. Right? Um, I need to get back grounded. Um, yeah. I, I just need to, to ground myself. Absolutely. And, and Leisha, how are you giving to yourself? Um, so coming out of my silent, or I should say continuing, right? Continuing my uh, purposeful silence. I am nesting. I'm, that means I'm restoring and cleansing my space. Um, I think that lends itself well to internal reflection, but also your space needs to be a reflection of how you're feeling and the mm-hmm. space that you're in. JG, what you doing? Um, for me, I want to listen more mm-hmm. this week, you know, um, yeah, I want to listen more so that I can understand the alternative perspectives on things, right? Um, because for me, I believe that a lot of conflict come, mm-hmm. comes out of misunderstanding, um, and so for me, I know that in order to learn, I also have to listen and listen attentively, um, so that I can just understand whether or not I agree, understand just like different perspectives and in so doing learn people more so that the work that needs to be done can be done you know in an informed kind of way you know knowing that i understand different people more yeah and and i'll just close out there with saying make sure that you are consciously thinking about your emotional and mental well-being and self and how you are you know how you're taking care of those components of who you are right all right so so again make sure that this week you are filling your cup as you're filling the cups of those around you. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. How are you filling your cups, Stella? You I did, I did. Oh. By watching, by being aware of did your you? emotional well-being. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, this Got brings you. us to uh, the end of yet another Teachers Workroom podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Teachers Workroom podcast. And our podcast is now available on drum rolls, please. Apple Make sure that you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to us on Apple Podcast at the Teachers Workroom podcast. We are also on YouTube. Again, at the Teacher's Workroom Podcast. I know you can't forget that name. And the podcast is also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. So until the next time. Bye, team. Bye. Peace, love, and life. Bye. See you next week. Ciao. Bye, guys.